welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. Lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice, and what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, we explored the latest research on music as a healing tool and looked specifically at a new music therapy resource called MS in Harmony. This week, in preparation for the new year, we're going to learn some interesting facts about New Year's resolutions, where they came from, and why they are so hard for so many of us to stick to. And then we'll zoom in on the healing power of choosing a simple yearly intention. My gratitude this week is for my lifelong friend, Lindsay Para who also happens to be the CEO and lead intuitive strategist at the Mystics Society and author of The Mystics Path. Longtime listeners have heard me mention Lindsay before, but today I specifically want to thank her for helping me hone my yearly intention process. While I've chosen a focused yearly intention for five years now, through my continued learning with Lindsay these past two years, I've gotten significantly better at it each year. And in doing so, it has become an even more powerful guidance tool for me as I make choices each day that impact my long-term health. Lindsay's background in the corporate startup world of Silicon Valley, where she was highly successful, taught her that there must be a different way to lead and live, especially when her own personal journey with chronic illness began. She now offers new paradigm business strategy programming, combined with a focus on wellness, personal alchemy, and the intuitive arts, and teaches us how the three transformational levers of health, finances, and relationships manifest in our lives. Lindsay is all about connection and transformation, and has spent many years creating tools to support us all on this journey. If you'd like to learn more about Lindsay and the Mystics Society, you can visit mysticsociety.com or find them on Facebook or your favorite social media. While Lindsay has helped me these past two years to hone my intuition, to better listen to the voice within, and to live with more intention, it's helped me tremendously on my quest to live well with MS. Much of what I share in episode 24 Planting the seeds of change, renewing our personal commitment to healing, is from my learning experiences with Lindsay. I hope that if you are thinking about setting an intention for 2022, that you consider revisiting episode 24, where I talk us through the process step by step. 
pour yourself a cup of tea, sit down with a journal, and give yourself a gift of preparation for the new year. While I'm still finalizing my intention for next year, I'm very close, and I'm excited to walk into the new year committed to wellness and becoming a better version of myself. So thank you, Lindsay, for walking the quest for chronic wellness path with me. I appreciate your guidance and companionship greatly. The new year is just days away. Naturally, this time of year, many of us are reflecting on 2021 and thinking about how we'd like the new year to be different. Most of us are likely crafting our own New Year's resolutions in some way, shape, or form. Push pause and think for a moment. What was my resolution for this year? How'd it go? Did I make the progress I had hoped? If yes, congratulations, you are a rock star. And if no, not to worry, you're definitely not alone. Let's learn a little about New Year's resolutions. First, let's look at why we make them. Making a New Year's resolution is synonymous with transitioning to a new year. It's become cemented into humanity's collective shared culture. But where on earth did this tradition come from? New Year's resolutions can actually be traced back to the ancient Babylonians over 4,000 years ago. Back then, the beginning of the new year was correlated with the new harvest season, when new plants were planted, likely mid-March as opposed to the beginning of January as we celebrate now in more modern times. As the Babylonians celebrated in a 12-day festival, people pledged loyalty to their leaders and made promises to their gods regarding things they wanted to change in their lives in the year to come. It was these promises that laid the groundwork for what we call today New Year's resolutions. One more tidbit I found very interesting when researching the roots of New Year's resolutions is that the Babylonians believed that what a person did on the very first day of the new year would have a significant impact on their lives for the rest of the year. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to plan ahead for New Year's Day to ensure I do something special related to hit the ground running and galvanize my new yearly intention. According to different studies, about 75% of the American population, or about 189 million adults, make New Year's resolutions each year. And while I couldn't find data worldwide, I think it's safe to assume that most humans likely participate in some form of New Year's resolutions. Most resolutions fall into six categories, health, money, career, self-improvement, family, and love. Almost 50% of New Year's resolutions are centered around achieving better health, and this holds true across gender lines. What I find even more fascinating than the number of people who set New Year's resolutions is that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February, with only 10% succeeding to stick with their goal all year. Pretty daunting. 
let's look at the research to see why so few of us are able to succeed with our New Year's resolutions. And while we're doing this, be thinking which pitfalls you've struggled with in the past, as well as which pieces of advice you might like to take with you and implement in the new year. Most researchers blame lack of specificity as why so many of us fail with our New Year's resolutions. While we like to dream big, breaking our goal down into SMART goals can help us turn a goal into reality. S-M-A-R-T is an acronym. S, goals are specific. M, measurable. A, achievable. R, realistic. And T, anchored within a time frame. You can find SMART goal templates easily online if you'd like to try this approach this year. In addition to making sure our goals are SMART goals, tracking our progress over time is critical. I find short weekly and monthly reflections help me stick to it, and larger quarterly reflections help me zoom in and out to see where I'm succeeding and where I need to lean in and buckle down. Other popular themes in the research cite the following pitfalls. One, instant gratification. We want it all and we want it now. Rather than recognizing the annual journey as a marathon rather than a sprint, we make lofty goals that are unattainable simply because they are much too large. Small changes are easy to implement slowly and steadily throughout the year. Think of a crash diet that is unsustainable over time versus the approach of making one healthier dietary change each week, like drinking more water, upping our veggie intake, refraining from purchasing processed or packaged foods, or including more nuts and seeds in our daily diet. Two, another reason cited for our failures is that we actually don't believe we can do it. If we've been unsuccessful in the past or suffer from low self-esteem, we may have established pathways in our brains that cause us to doubt ourselves. A recent study showed that 47% of men and 53% of women say they lack the willpower to follow through on their resolutions. 18% of men and 10% of women report that they are just too lazy to follow through. When we look at generational data and how many people fail at their New Year's resolutions, Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, Baby Boomers, and the Silent Generation all blamed a lack of self-control anywhere from 42 to 60%, and about 10% blame forgetfulness. Three, we think more than we do. You've heard me say it before, nothing changes if nothing changes. Sure, we can lay on the couch and think about cleaning, but that's not going to result in a clean home. No idea of change happens on its own. We can read the book, listen to the podcast, watch the TED Talk, and yet even if we take just one thing from each source we learn from and actually put it into action, we're much more likely to achieve our goals. Four, we set a goal we're not excited about or looking forward to. It's no wonder most goals are around health and nutrition, and that most of us tend to focus on all the things we can't have or do anymore, rather than the new things we get to try. 
Because of this, we don't enjoy the process if we see eating healthy as a chore or exercising as a bore. And if the results are slow to come, we quickly lose interest. This is why it's so important to choose a goal around something we love. Choose a sport we love and do it with a friend. Or take a virtual cooking class with a chef that teaches healthy cooking. Number five, we forget to build in flexibility to our plan. To make change sustainable, taking a break one day a week or periodically can be helpful. By doing so, we intentionally make our goal easier to obtain and beat ourselves up less if we need to temporarily depart from our progress to goal. For example, a day off our diet when we go to a wedding, or taking time off exercising to nurse a sore muscle, or go to the beach. The more we force ourselves to never take a break, all we crave is a break. Similarly, if we tell ourselves we can't have that cookie, well darn it, all of a sudden, we really want that cookie. When it comes to nutrition and really any other positive change, 80 to 90% adherence is enough to reap the benefits. We shouldn't sweat the occasional indulgence or day off. Number six, we forget that we are social animals and require social support. When we feel alone, it can be hard to find motivation, especially day after day after day. But finding like-minded individuals has never been easier. There's no shortage of Facebook or LinkedIn groups or in-person groups for any interest. There is strength in numbers. Use that to your advantage. Number seven. Probably the most common reason cited by experts on the subject is that we know our what, but not our why. In fact, fellow flock member and dear friend James recently posed a similar question at our Saturday support group meeting. What is your why for wanting to slow MS progression? So in thinking about possible New Year's resolutions, focus on the why. With our MS example, maybe it's so we can be more active with our children or feel like less of a burden on our loved ones, regain an ability we've lost, or maintain a higher quality of life for longer. The deeper we can connect to the why of our goal, the more likely we'll be able to achieve it. Before we get too depressed that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February and give up all hope for 2022 before it even begins, I want to share why Lindsay's approach is different and so much more powerful because it actually works. The past five years, I have been able to stick to my resolutions because I've chosen to think of them as an intentional way of being, more like a theme or singular through line that connects everything I do that year and represents how I plan to walk through the year as a way of being. By doing so, my through line acts as a connect the dots image, slowly and intentionally connecting one action or thought to the next. This one lever of change 
keeps things simple and helps me focus on what matters most. And by having visible representations of my intention all around my usual hangout areas in my home, and even on my body, typically in the form of jewelry or clothing, I am constantly reminded of my goal and why it's so important to me to live that particular intention each and every day. I'll share a bit about what I mean and how this works. Briefly, 2018 was all about uprooting and replanting. Uprooting from where I'd lived my entire life and replanting myself in a very different and more simplistic lifestyle. It was about expressing gratitude for and then letting go of the old and bravely starting anew in a very different place as my partner and I built a new way of living together. It was physically getting rid of things, making deliberate decisions about what I would physically take with me on the journey, and about adjusting to a new way of being. It was about forgiving myself for not being able to afford to continue living where I was once living, once I was disability retired and unable to be gainfully employed. As you know, I love gardening metaphors, and 2018 was all about nurturing my soil and my soul to first identify and then give myself the nutrients I needed to be healthy and strong and reestablish myself in my new garden. 2019 was my lotus year, where I learned to love and accept my historical mud as a means to bloom, like the lotus that only blooms in the murkiest of waters. I finally accepted, after being formally diagnosed for four years, that MS was going to be my lifelong companion. And I shifted my focus to explore and be grateful for the many silver linings that MS has to teach me. I learned to view hardships I endured as helpful lessons that have carved me into the woman I am proud to be today. I transitioned from thinking about my MS as something I was fighting against, i.e. the warrior mentality. Rather, I see my MS now as my ally and a helpful inner messaging system that alerts me when I'm doing something that's not great for myself. By listening to this voice within, I've accelerated my healing and slowed my progression. 2020 was my year of being like bamboo in the wind. I focused on being strong and sturdy with my beliefs and values, yet flexible enough to be able to bend and not break in times of adversity. This was a year of first learning about more boundaries, then learning to utilize my boundaries and to more effectively manage the boundary breakers in my life. I also learned to go with the flow a bit more and to loosen my grip on trying to be so prepared for the future. I reminded myself frequently that only 8% of what we worry about actually happens and became much less of a ruminator. 2021 was my year of being a lighthouse and a boat at sea. I learned to better sail through turbulence since it is truly rough seas that teach us how to sail. I became more comfortable with conflict and less of a people pleaser at my expense. I learned to see conflict as an opportunity for growth and a catalyst of positive change, like the grain of sand that becomes the exquisite pearl. I also learned to be like a lighthouse, 
strong in my conviction, standing up for myself in new ways, while simultaneously being generous with my light, beaming brightly in the darkness as a beacon of hope and direction for others. I'm close to landing on my 2022 intention, and I will share that with you in the new year. I also invite you to share yours with me through our podcast email or at a flock meeting. I've found that when I share my intention with others, that helps fuel my fire to live my intention to the fullest extent. It keeps me honest and true as I persevere through challenges and intentionally connect the dots one by one over the year to come. I hope that by sharing my intentions for the past few years, you're starting to think about what might be emerging for you as a potential intention. This episode is intentionally short today so that you might reconsider visiting episode 24, Planting the Seeds of Change, Renewing Our Personal Commitment to Healing. That episode will take you on a powerful guided journey to help you formulate your intention. In addition to Lindsay, many experts agree that choosing just one word or theme seems to be the most effective in terms of achievement and certainly yields much better outcomes than a traditional New Year's resolution. An intention word is a low-pressure yet high-value concept that is easy to remember and helps us channel our energy and effort throughout the year as a guiding principle. By the way, this is really fun and powerful to do with family, friends, and even colleagues. So, why is an intention word so much more effective? Brain research tells us that the human brain can easily remember three simple things at one time without any visual cues. But any more than that becomes much more difficult, especially for those of us who may experience MS cognition decline. For example, if we need three things at the store, we're likely to remember them. But if it's more than three, we might need to write a list to remember them all. With a short intention, and you might have noticed mine were just a few key words, it's easy to remember and internalize our goal. If you're unable to listen to episode 24, there are a few quick and dirty questions we can ask ourselves to help arrive at an intention. One, how do we want to feel next year? Number two, what do we want to accomplish next year? Number three, in what ways do we want to improve next year? Sometimes perusing lists online can help us hone in on a word or phrase. Searching Pinterest or even a Google search for one word yearly intentions can get us started with at least a general idea, which we can then further personalize to fit our unique context. I'll share some popular words and phrases here in case they're helpful to start your brainstorming process. Less is more. Take risks. Bloom or blossom. Live gratitude. Generosity of spirit. Live with grace. Be still. Embrace creativity. Simplicity. Keep a light heart. Embrace the F word. 
Just dance. Have patience. Shine on. Loving kindness. Forgiveness. Choose joy. Embrace spontaneity. Be present. Exude confidence. I am worthy. Achieve balance. Let go. Surrender. Believe. By keeping it simple, we can easily focus on what matters most and be more intentional with our choices, our relationships, and how we spend our time. The simplicity of it helps us to slow down and helps us make decisions faster since quite simply, all we need to ask ourselves is if the choice at hand is truly in alignment with our yearly intention. We make choices with greater purpose. This is actually really helpful. Have you ever thought about how many decisions you make in a day? Take for example, if your yearly intention has to do with nutrition. In an article in the Cornell Chronicle, in an interesting study, people estimated that they made, on average, about 15 food and beverage related decisions each day. Yet, when they recorded what happened in actuality, they found people typically average about 221 food and beverage related decisions each and every day. So many of these decisions are made on mindless autopilot, which is important to recognize because each of these choice points can make a big difference in our progress to goal. For example, we might not think of what cup or plate we select as a choice, but it matters. Also, when we eat or where or how much we eat or how fast we eat or how many times we chew each bite, or if we practice mindfulness or eat while multitasking, all of these choices impact our health. So what is emerging as your intention for 2022? Over the next few days, I hope you have a chance to check out episode 24, or at the very least, set aside a few minutes each day to think about how you'd like 2022 to be different. What's that one thing you'd like to be different when it's December 2022 and you're looking ahead to 2023? If we truly want to reinvent ourselves and live the life we desire, even with chronic illness, investing in ourselves by setting a clear intention for the year ahead can be one of the most powerful things we do and the very best holiday gift we can give to ourselves. I hope that after listening to this episode, we all, one, understand the common pitfalls of traditional New Year's resolutions and commit to trying a simple yearly intention to make 2022 our best year yet. Two, that we take some time in the coming days to further reflect upon the past year and determine clear ways we want to walk through life differently in the year to come by choosing an intention that embodies the changes we want to make in our lives. 
three, since the only constant in life is change, that we acknowledge that the new year will bring newness. And through our dedication to our yearly intention, we can create the life we want by navigating our lives in alignment with our intention. And four, that we set aside some time on New Year's Day to cement our commitment to our 2022 intention, like the Babylonians, to ensure our success throughout the year to come. Our next misunderstood flock meeting will be Saturday, January 1st. Yep, New Year's Day, this Saturday. At the flock meeting, we'll discuss this episode and other episodes released earlier this month. And we'll start the new year off right, just by spending time together supporting one another as we all strive to live well with MS. If you're not yet a flock member but would like to be, join us. We meet via Zoom the first Saturday of each month. You can learn more and join us by visiting patreon.com slash msflock. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email to mymsflock at gmail.com. And lastly, remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together, supporting one another. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be well and Happy New Year.